Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, December 18th. Let's start with what you missed over the last week, then we'll move on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. All right, y'all, it is officially the last week before Christmas, so I hope everyone is having a wonderful time getting ready for the holiday season with their family. And we're going to start off with some action that's going on all throughout the Christmas season, including Christmas Day, which of course we will get to in what to watch this upcoming week. But we're going to start with the NBA. So before we go into what happened over the last week as far as like games and all of that goes, we got to get to the big news of the week, which is Warriors star Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely after he did a spinning slap, y'all, I can't make this shit up, of Suns player Nurkic. The Arizona team did get the last laugh, though, as they won 119-16. to This is the third time that Green has been suspended this year alone, and I believe the sixth time of his career, sorry, third time of this season, sixth time of his total career, so he has now been suspended indefinitely, which honestly, in my personal opinion, Sounds about right. So in the last week in the NBA, Zion Williamson put up his season high of 36 points in their domination of the Timberwolves in a big upset by the Pelicans, 121 to 107 on Monday. The Pelicans would go on to win their fourth straight game this week as well. On Wednesday, Joel Embiid scored a 30-point double-double in the first half against the Pistons as they won 129 to 111. He would also go on to score a 42-point double-double over the Hornets to win their sixth straight game as well. So we got some serious streaks going on. Buck star Giannis Antetokounmpo scored a franchise record of 64 points in the Bucks game over the Pacers on Wednesday. They needed him to have a great game as they only won by 14 despite him scoring 64 of those. He then ran to get the game ball as he wanted it for himself, but the Pacers wanted to give it to one of their rookies who I guess scored his first point ever in the NBA, the Geek Freak. The Greek freak wasn't the only star to show out this week, though, as the Spurs rookie star Wemby also played well. He scored 30 points, 13 rebounds, and three steals, but they lost to the Lakers 122 to 119. That was earlier in the week, and then they came back the very next day to win their fourth game of the entire season, 129 to 115. Then on Friday, Knicks point guard Jalen Brunson put up his career high in their win against the Suns. He was 100% from his three-pointers during that game as well. Saturday had, had an amazing game-winning buzzer beater by the Heat's Jimmy Butler to beat the Bulls. That wasn't also the only last-minute win as the Thunder's SGA shot the final basket in the final, gosh, it had to have been 1.8 seconds to beat the Nuggets. Sacramento Kings forward Keegan Murray scored 12 three-pointers, just two short of the NBA record for his career-high 47 points, and their win over the Jazz by 21 points. 
And then Saturday was the highest scoring game of the entire NBA season so far with over 120 points per game. The Pistons have now lost 22 games in a row after two wins to start the season. The last game was a big one against the Bucks, who beat the Detroit team by 32. Yikes. Also this week, Steph Curry broke his three-pointer streak as he went 0%, not making a single three-pointer. This is the first time in 268 games that he will not have a three-pointer on the books. Also, going back to a primo all-star, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar broke his hip at a concert this weekend in Los Angeles. He was taken to the hospital and underwent surgery, but no other details were given. He was heard joking on Monday, though, about this incident. So hopefully he gets better soon. In NCAA basketball, Wednesday was a big day for transfers as a federal judge issued a temporary restraining order against the NCAA to allow collegiate athletes who transferred twice to be allowed to play. Before this, underclassmen can only transfer once without having to sit out a year unless granted a specific waiver by the NCAA. This rule suspended that. The judge was in West Virginia and other states were involved in seeking the temporary restraining order. Those were Colorado, Illinois, New York, North Carolina, Ohio, and Tennessee as well. So big week as far as collegiate sports go. That did not just have to do with college basketball, but figured it was it was pointed as some of that came into into play as we went into the NCAA men's basketball scores of the week. So in the upsets for the top 25, we managed to have no upsets until about Wednesday. Number eight, Creighton lost to UNLV after their star guard, Justin Webster, broke the NCAA team three-point record for the Rebels. UNLV won that game by 15. Number 25, Northwestern embarrassingly lost to Chicago State by two. Yikes. Friday, we only had two ranked teams in action, and they actually played each other. Number five, UConn versus number 10, Gonzaga, was a big game in the top 10. The Huskies came out on top and in strong fashion as well, winning 76-63. to That was the big matchup of the week until it was topped on Saturday by number one, Arizona, versus number three, Purdue. The Boilermakers put up 49 points in the first half, already toppling the Wildcats by 11 at halftime. They ultimately would win by eight. Michigan State had the largest margin of victory over a top 25 team in school history as they beat a top 10 team, number six, Baylor, by 22 points. Yikes. That was Baylor's first loss of the season. Number 13, Clemson also took their first loss of the season to unranked Memphis. Memphis is now 3-0 against ranked teams this year. Expect them to be ranked this upcoming week. We also had a Blue Blood basketball battle between number 9, UNC, and number 14, Kentucky. They played in the CBS Sports Classic, and Kentucky got the better of this one, only winning by four. Moving along to college football as this week bowl season has begun. So we're going over some of the games that we had going on. Ohio destroyed Georgia Southern 41 to 21. They were winning 20 zip at half. There's a reason they were nine and three. Jacksonville State was eligible for a bowl game due to the fact that we did not have enough six and six teams. They ended up having a having their starting QB get injured. Louisiana then had three defensive scores 
and yet Jacksonville State still won. They did make it into overtime, but upset the home team in the New Orleans Bowl, so they end up getting that nice W, their first bowl game ever. The Avocados from Mexico bowl game was nasty. I mean, super rainy, wet, and awful. There were 12 fumbles, six of which were lost. That is not the bowl game record as that six sits with the Sugar Bowl from 1964 at 16 fumbles. But App State won that game 13 to 9. The believe it or not, there was a touchdown in the third quarter. It was nasty, y'all. They were covered in paint and wet and just gross <laughs> the entire game. It was kind of fun to watch in the sense that there wasn't a lot of scoring, but every play you could literally see a fumble almost happen every other play. It was crazy. Fresno State then destroyed also the home team, New Mexico State, in the New Mexico Bowl, 37-10. to Then we got some Power 5 schools in action after that. UCLA was trailing 16-7 at half, but scored 21 points in the third quarter to win 35-22 over Boise State. Then, in the Independence Bowl, Cal came out quick, scoring 14 points, but ended up losing at half, 17-14, and Texas Tech just continued to pile it on after that. The Red Raiders win by 20. And then finally, today, Old Dominion went up 21-zip in the first quarter, but the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers came back scoring 21 points in the fourth quarter to bring it into overtime. Western Kentucky ended up winning with a field goal. Also this week that what happened in uh, the college football playoff universe is that the SEC schedules were released. It was like at least a two-hour release show, if not a four-hour release show, just like the NFL. So those schedules have now been released, so be sure you check those out for next year. Honestly, it is a welcome to the SEC, not for Oklahoma, and it looks like Ole Miss should have a decent chance to the playoff. Also, Mizzou seems to have gotten off a little easy as well. Moving along to the NFL, starting kind of going back to last week, Head coach Andy Reid for the Chiefs and quarterback Patrick Mahomes were both fined for their comments about the refs last week. Andy Reid was fined $100,000 while Patrick Mahomes was fined fifty. And also, speaking of that, the Chargers have fired their head coach, Brandon Staley. He was 24-25 and 25 as their head coach of the Los Angeles team. Also, going back to Monday Night Football, we had two games actually last week. So both came down to the final plays of the game and were actually close games and good to watch. The Dolphins put up 17 straight points in the final quarter, giving the ball back to the Titans up 14 with just 4.34 to go. Seems pretty safe. The Tennessee team then went 75 yards in just nine plays. Then the Dolphins had a three and out. Then the Titans scored another touchdown, which is a minute 49 to go to go up one. And that was enough to upset the Miami team. Then the next game, the Packers Giants game was back and forth with the Giants leading 21 to 13 going into the fourth quarter. But the Packers took the lead back by one with just a minute 33 to go. See, I told you both these games were good and close. The Giants then went 57 yards to put themselves into field goal range where kicker Randy Bullock nailed a 37-yard field goal to win. Shout out to Klein High School Bearcats over there. Then this week, Thursday Night Football was a huge surprise to say the least. The Raiders put up 21 points in the first two quarters and 63 points total. Needless to say, they beat the Chargers in one of the highest scoring games all year. 
The Las Vegas team has only put up 30 points one time this year before this game. As a matter of fact, 63 points was the most points ever scored in franchise history. What a way to start off the week. We then had three games on Saturday for a change. The Bengals had only put up three points all game until the fourth quarter when the Cincinnati team put up 21 points to come back to tie it and take it into overtime. The Bengals started with the ball but went nowhere, literally a loss of eight yards. Then the Vikings got the ball and went 21 yards, but they punted as well. And then the Bengals kicked a 44-yard field goal to win. This makes it three wins in a row. The Colts had their throwback uniforms on and put away the Steelers 30-13 to with their quarterback Minshew, who threw three touchdowns. Also, and then on Thursday night football, or Saturday night football, I guess I should say, the Lions put up a good amount of points, 21 in each half, to beat the Broncos 42-17. to Sunday did not produce as nearly as many close games as we're used to. There were only three this week. Despite three interceptions, the Browns still managed to beat the Bears, although only a late 34-yard field goal was the only reason why they got to keep that W. Keeping on that theme of thought, the Panthers managed to get their second win of the entire season, and they scored not a single touchdown. The Falcons put one up in the second quarter, but the Carolina team had three field goals, including one as time expired to absolutely upset the Atlanta Falcons. Also, tickets went for $4 for that game. Absolutely horrifying for those two teams. The Texans and the Titans went into overtime also this weekend. The Texans were without their starting quarterback, C.J. Stroud, but Case Keenum came in and played decently. But the MVP should go to the Texans kicker, Fairbarn, as he nailed four field goals, including the one that was in overtime, which was 54 yards to win that game. The Titans have now been eliminated from playoffs with that loss as well. There were also some not close games this weekend. Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield threw four touchdowns for 381 yards in their big win over the Packers. They won by 14. The Dolphins then had a nice set of revenge to shut out the Jets. They beat the New York team 30-0. to The Chiefs also got their revenge, although this week they only played the Patriots. They beat them by 10. But again, the Chiefs struggled with interceptions as they had two. That was a problem last week against the Bills. Speaking of the Bills, they cooled off the lightning hot Cowboys, beating them 31 to 10 on Sunday. The only touchdowns that the Cowboys, the only touchdown that the Cowboys had was in the final three minutes of the game when they were losing 31 to Three, the 49ers have now clinched the NFC West after their impressive game against the Cardinals, winning 45 to 29. They are the first and so far only team to clinch their division. That also eliminated the Cardinals from the playoff picture as well. Then Sunday night football was between the Ravens and the Jags. It was not a close game. The Baltimore team was up 10 to zero at half. And then the Ravens packed it on in the fourth quarter. Lamar and his team outscored the Jags 23-7. to Moving along to some golf news, Bernhard Langer and his son won the PNC Championship. This is their fifth PNC title, which is a record. Granted, this is only the third title for this son named Jason. The other two PNC titles were with Bernhardt's other son, Stefan. 
But you wouldn't know that if you watched SportsCenter all weekend, as all of the highlights were Tiger Woods and his son, Charlie, who ended up in fifth. Also this weekend, Tiger's daughter, Sam, was also involved. She caddied on the bag this weekend as well. Moving along to some Olympic sports, this weekend was the NCAA championship for women's volleyball, which has been gaining in popularity since that record-breaking game in Nebraska. The Cornhuskers made it to the final, and they faced off with the UT Longhorns for the Natty, and they fell in straight sets. This is the second year in a row that UT has won the national championship in women's volleyball. You would recognize some serious star power in the crowd this weekend, which obviously, just like I said, lends itself to the fact of the growing popularity for women's volleyball and women's sports in general. The World Cup title races were in Quebec for skiing this weekend, and Italian racer Federica Brignoni won the Super G event to cut into Americans' Michaela Schifrin's lead. Also, World Cup skiing was supposed to be competed. More of them were supposed to be competed this weekend, but were canceled due to weather. You notice that that happens a lot. I don't usually report on it, but it was a lot that have gone on over the last couple of weeks. Also, Irish swimmer Daniel Whiffen broke the world record in the short course 800-meter freestyle. He broke this by three full seconds in Romania. He swam that distance in seven minutes, 20 seconds, 0.46. So be ready to see that name in the Olympic trials and Olympics this summer. That wraps up what happened over the last week. Now let's go over what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. The NBA world is very busy, not necessarily this week, but I'm also going to go over Monday as that is actually Christmas Day. So I don't plan on getting on here and doing a weekly update on Monday. I will probably follow up on Tuesday. So I've included Monday night sports as well. This week on Tuesday, the Grizzlies will take on the Pelicans at 6.30 on TNT, followed by the Celtics at the Warriors at 9. Also on Friday, the Wizards will take on the Warriors. That will be without Draymond Green at 9 o'clock on ESPN. Then on Christmas Day, we've got a lot of NBA basketball going on. The Bucks play the Knicks at 11 o'clock on ESPN. The Warriors take on the Nuggets at 1.30 p.m. on ABC and ESPN. Then the Celtics take on the Lakers at 4 on ESPN and ABC, followed by the 76ers at the Heat at 7 on ESPN. The Mavericks then take on the Suns at 9.30 on ESPN. That is all Christmas Day. Following that in men's NCAA basketball, we've got a bunch of ranked first ranked matchups starting on Tuesday, number 22, UVA at number 23, Memphis. Told you they'd be ranked. They play at 6 on ESPN 2. Wednesday, number 10 Baylor takes on number 21 Duke at 6 on ESPN, followed by number 11 UNC at number 7 Oklahoma at 8 also on ESPN. Then on Saturday is the final ranked first ranked game. Number 4 Arizona takes on number 14 FAU at 2 on Fox. Sunday, you can catch the Hawaiian Airlines Diamond Head Classic. They will play literally back-to-back games. All teams are TBD at this moment, but you can catch that all on ESPN2. As for women's basketball, Monday, number two, UCLA versus number 13, Ohio State. They play at six. And then on Wednesday, number 23, Washington takes on 19, Louisville at six on ACC Network. 
For college football, we have a bunch of bowl games going on this week. There's actually 11, but those big ones start on, well, actually, they all start on Monday. Western Kentucky at Old Dominion, they will play at 1.30. Then Tuesday, UTSA at Marshall at 8. South Florida takes on Syracuse at Thursday on ESPN on at 7 p.m. Friday, Georgia Tech takes on UCF on Friday on ESPN at 5.30. Then on Saturday, we have seven games. Troy at Duke at 11 a.m. on ABC. Arkansas State at Northern Illinois on ESPN, also at 11 a.m. Saturday, you can also catch James Madison at Air Force on ABC at 2.30 or Georgia State at Utah State. Then Southern Alabama plays Eastern Michigan at 6 on ESPN. Or you could watch Utah versus Northwestern at 6.30 on ABC. And rounding out the weekend, Coastal Carolina versus San Jose State in the Hawaii Bowl at 9.30 on ESPN. In the NFL, Monday Night Football Eagles take on the Seahawks at 7.15 on ABC and ESPN. Thursday Night Football this week is the Saints at the Rams at 7.15 on Prime. We've got two games on Saturday, the Bengals at the Steelers at 3.30 on NBC, and then followed by the Bills at the Chargers, who are coachless, at 7 on Peacock. Sunday, you can catch six games at noon on CBS and Fox. The CBS games are the Seahawks at the Titans, the Commanders at the Jets, and the Browns at the Texans. The Fox games are the Colts at the Falcons, the Lions at the Vikings, and the Packers at the Panthers. Exciting news for uh, Jets fans as well this week as Aaron Rodgers is rumored to be back in action. Huge news for New York fans. At 3.05 on Sunday, you can catch the Jags at the Bucks at on CBS at 3.05 or at 3.25 on Fox. You can either catch the Cardinals at the Bears or the Cowboys at the Dolphins. I would say that would be a high-scoring game, but the Cowboys failed on that this weekend. Then Sunday Night Football will be the Patriots at the Broncos at 7.15 on NFL Network. We also have three games on Christmas Day. You can either catch, well, you can catch all of these games as they're on all regular schedule programming. The Raiders will play the Chiefs at noon on CBS. The Giants will take on the Eagles at 3.30 on Fox. And then the Ravens take on the 49ers at 7.15 on ABC. There are three of those teams that are sitting in quite pretty seats for their division. In the hockey world this week, we only have two regularly scheduled games. On Wednesday, the Islanders at the Capitals at 6.30 on TNT, and then the Kraken at the Kings at 9. Every other game this week is on Hulu. That wraps it up for me this week, y'all. I apologize for the spotty internet and the allergies that are going on. I am currently at my parents' house for the Christmas holidays. So, like I said, thanks for bearing with me, but I wanted y'all who are working this week to at least know what happened and what's going on. I will, of course, catch y'all next week, but it will be on Tuesday for the weekly update. Merry Christmas, y'all.